again, because of the conditions that were being set around me. And I felt like it was an example of a time in my life where I was not experiencing belonging and I was seeking belonging and I was seeking belonging amidst others who, uh, you know, were maybe a little counterculture, a little more creative, a little more colorful than what I was experiencing in the environment. Hello, hello. I'm Kenan. And I'm Karen. Your hosts of Comparative Narrative Podcast. Each episode, we'll be bringing you stories from us and others, stories from different lenses of experience that illuminate our shared humanity. Join us in finding belonging through storytelling. Here we are again. Ah! Welcome back to Comparative Narrative. Yes, I'm Kenan. I'm Karen. We said we should introduce ourselves again, and there we are. Here we're back for another episode where we are talking about how looking at the world in two different ways or three different ways or a hundred different ways can actually bring us all together uh, once we understand that there's a through line. There's a shared humanity in all of our experiences that no matter how we've seen it, starts to illuminate through conversation and storytelling. So I'm excited to be back. But we have we have a nice, like program and schedule to this show reminders right we did this we outlined this if you were here for episode one thank you thank you for coming back if you did not check episode one out do it is a great story of how we met but we have a flow we start with a check-in we're going to come together and just like riff on where we're at today right now today's a special day so it's a good riff tune in for that obviously and then we have We have a second part. We left people with a teaser on episode one. And so we're back to talk about Bitwise Industries. So stick around for our take and part one of a two-part series on our Bitwise journey. So today's got like some meat and potatoes. I think a lot of what we're talking about when you're like, that was a pretty uh, spectacular tee up. Uh, (laughs) We're talking about Bitwise Industries. And, you know, you can go find headlines on the sensational aspects but you and I are uh, deeply interested in the experience of inclusion we had and that we were a part of and really wanting to reflect outwardly, not just in the conversations you and I have all the time, uh, on what are the reflections and the lessons and how can they be carried forth elsewhere? The flow. We had a flow. Yeah. So let's check in first. Where, where are you at? Today is not your average day. Today is our 16th wedding anniversary. So it's a very special day. It's a day that, um, yeah, it's another day we get to celebrate our love and walking through life together now for 24 years. Jeez. More than half of my life, which is incredible. I feel, I feel really good. I feel a sense of peace. We had plans, you know, of what are we going to do on our anniversary and, uh, you know, in this quasi space of are we unemployed? Are we employing ourselves? Income is just different. Uh, it was like, what are we going to do? Well, that's easy. We we enjoy going and walking around and just spending time together. It doesn't necessitate money necessarily. But I was focusing on an evening plan and you were like, uh, we're our own bosses right now. We could just take the whole damn day off. That's right. So I feel um, like it's funny to take a day off when you're unemployed. It just makes me giggle a little bit. I feel a, like a lot of peace today. I feel a calm. It's not sunny out. It has been sunny out. 
and I'm kind of appreciating the change because I feel a bit of a change happening in in me, outside of me, uh, some projects that were just completed, some other doors opening, feeling those shifts internally too. So yeah, feeling at peace while also in transition and like exactly where I want to be right now, which is right next to you, Kenan. Oh, that's, that's very sweet. I'm mirroring that back to you. Uh, where am I at is so similar. Uh, I was literally thinking about the years, 24 years together as friends, friends first, friends foremost, friends forever, friends despite, friends because of everything that has happened along the way from 1999. Like, let's be real here. The, the world has changed quite a bit since 1999. And so I, I did wake up in that reflective space of, wow, I just have my ride or die with me for all of life's journeys up ahead. And this is amazing because like you said, we are, and shout outs to people who have joined us in well-being groups and spoken honestly and been their true authentic selves because I've learned things like what it feels like to walk through transition. People have given context for me that I understand that helps me walk through these in-betweens, right? And this is when I always want to sing, you find me in the space between, but that's not, oh, I wasn't supposed to do that. I did that. You <laughs> said, you make the, the rules right I now. mean, in my head, I was like, don't do it. And then I did it. But yes, as we walk in this transitional state, I am secure and I have always felt secure. You know, you talk about me always projecting being secure in our ability to walk through the gray area, the unknown, the hallway, whatever you, you want to call it. But I feel like today, especially uh, today, I reflect on the fact that I can project that level of confidence because I so believe in our abilities to navigate so much of this world together. And it comes from the early days that, you know, if you listen to our last episode, first episode, you found out that we met on a study abroad. Navigating a city neither of us knew on our own at quite a young age. A rail system, yeah. multiple currencies, like we were doing a lot together right away. Kind of the speed effect, right? Just like put it all together, condense it, and figure out if this is your ride or die. And so I feel, I, I just feel very confident. And so that is where I'm at today. Uh, as I reflect on 16 years of marriage, I'm like, wow. I'm so confident in our ability to just do it, whatever is necessary in the moment. And if that means recording a podcast, because that's what you said you wanted to do, that's what we do. And that's like, that's the beautiful part of uh, our relationship and getting to spend this life with you. I feel that love. I really feel that. So speaking of that, I think it's then a natural segue to say, what the heck is this transition? Like you teed up quasi unemployed, self-employed, maybe starting a business, doing some things. Uh, but how do we get here is like, <laughs> I think the the ultimate jump off. And I, I know, we, you know, I'm always the one to go on script, off script. But I feel like in this moment, I'm like, I'm sensing that the jump off is really what, what got us here. And so for those who don't know, I was the vice president of Bitwise Industries Oakland. I was in charge of bringing Bitwise Industries and a company I will explain in a moment. And all their work that was started in Fresno to my city, Oakland, uh, be the face, be the head, be the lead, be the person to begin uh, planting the seeds, starting the ecosystem up here, up north. And uh, I took a lot of pride in that work. And 
uh, right on our holiday in true Friday fashion. Yeah, we were all furloughed on Memorial Day. And that just led to a series of events that are very much tabloid news. And I think the only ask that we've ever had is when this all comes to pass and the documentaries are made, you know, we, we have actors that we'd like to be portrayed at, like that would, you know, come in and really represent. Dibs on Gal Gadot. And, and, and I want Michael B. Jordan. I, you know, why not? I think that's what that's where we're at. So if you want to know more about how we ended up here, the layoffs, the scandal, just just Google Bitwise Industries. It's all there for you. Uh, it's continuing to unravel and <laughs> I think like more news is happening. That's just how we got to this moment of finding ourselves. Three and a half years. Yeah, finding ourselves in this weird in-between. But yes, how did we get there? Um, I like to say to everyone, I put my foot in my mouth. Um, I definitely had a lot of bravado when speaking. When all these events happened, I was feeling very confident. Uh, So I had the very great opportunity to meet the former CEO, Jake Soberall, and Chanel Charest, who is a OG at Bitwise Industries for lunch um, at Agave Uptown here in Oakland. So, you know, free plugs, of course. Best fish tacos. Gotta go get them. So when they offered me at the time, I was the computer science manager for the Oakland Unified School Computer Science Education Department. And as part of linked learning and the STEM academies. And so I was going to every high school, every middle school, double checking with teachers, supporting them, doing professional developments, uh, creating curriculum that was inclusive with teachers so that their students got the best experiences because we wanted to see all OUSD students have the access to really quality computer science education. Uh, little known fact, OUSD has a great computer science department. I was in charge of it at the time, and so free lunch was great. <laughs> I signed up for lots of free lunches. And this one in particular was to meet them, learn about Bitwise Industries. And I had a wonderful conversation. I remember leaving and being like, wow, you know, you're really talking about taking the most disenfranchised, creating intergenerational opportunities for access to jobs and and training in tech. And that's amazing. And I was like, can I come see it? Cause <laughs> hey, I'm a Brooklyn boy off top. So like, I don't, I don't, I was like, yo, that sounds great and all, but can I, can I touch it? And then B, it was like so foreign of an idea that people would have such an open door policy to the community and say, Hey, we want you to come in, explore, find out what's going on here, find out your access to education that exists, take a chance, do some classes. If it sticks, if you like it, we can offer you opportunities at an apprenticeship, which is paid learning and in a space directly to our job workforce in our company. And I was like, that is, that's amazing. And three years ago. This is 2019. It's in November of 2019. Those so. opportunities were less common. Yeah, I'd never heard of someone really trying to make that level of investment in the community. And that's exactly what I heard. Uh, I remember driving down to Fresno shortly after, meeting the other former CEO, Irma Ogun Jr., seeing the team, seeing the building, watch how everyone could come into the cafe. Anyone from any walk of life could come in. I remember an unhoused gentleman coming to the front reception and just asking to use the restroom. And it was a friendly, open interaction with the front desk receptionist where there was clearly already an understanding of what what that person needed and how that bathroom was a need and how they could just have access to it. And there was a nice, polite ask and there was a 
a gentle direction. I've never seen anything like that in tech. Here in the Bay Area, that doesn't exist in tech. You need an NDA to take a 13-year-old into a building and you have to explain to them what an NDA means and they're 13. And they can't even understand that Snapchat's not theirs. And so, you know, <laughs> I'd never seen anything like that in tech. The level of inclusion at the front door, right? The motto for Bitwise was, no one belongs here more than you. And I believe that was very true. Um, a lot of things that I learned about Bitwise were very false. But I definitely believed in the mission and what they were, what we were trying to do there with an inclusive tech environment. And you came home pumped. Mm. And even at that time, I think this is three days in or so of conversations. I don't think it was clear to you that you were being you know, vetted, vetted mm -mm. for work. You were just really pumped about what you saw. And I was like. Kenan doesn't drink anybody's Kool-Aid. Like mm -mm. you are so juiced on this juice <laughs> and that's different. And yeah. I was paying attention because that was so different for you. Yeah, and, and part of being so pumped was when I was asked by Jake who I thought could build this ecosystem while eating fish tacos and feeling very good about myself. I said, well, of course, my wife and I, without question, we get we got this. And in the end, that actually led to you coming on board, which is major, <laughs> major shift in your life. But um, I remember making that intro and being like, no, I, I was serious uh, that I think my wife is the right type of person to be alongside of me to build an ecosystem based on inclusivity, humanity, uh, truly helping folks like we're doing right now with each other walk through transition feeling safe, open to learning, open to new experiences. We know what it's like to be on the margins, to feel othered. And it takes a lot to build that trust and that safety. And I knew with your background, and you can speak to it in occupational therapy, that you understood creating those environments. And I understood driving people and holding people accountable and having them hold me accountable to the mission and vision so that we were all aligned. And I knew those two pieces had to happen. So yeah, I, I said, yeah, you should hire my wife. I, uh, there's just so many times where that degree of filterlessness really serves. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, TBI. At the time I was working and had been for quite some time at a program. It was a locked treatment facility uh, for individuals who had had severe TBIs, severe head injuries, and, you know, co-occurring behavioral challenges and psychiatric conditions. And yeah, it was really a place where we endeavored to create a sense of belonging for people who had experienced exclusion uh, everywhere else. Uh, because, you know, they did some challenging things on account of the neurological impact that they'd had. But I was in this interesting place of I'd been there for a long time and I loved it dearly and I loved uh, the people who I got to serve and the people who I worked with. And I was watching you make a lot of professional transitions and the way in which it just lit you up and you were involved in a lot of different fellowships mm -hmm. and learning opportunities and development opportunities. and um, 
I think I, w- I was a bit jelly. I was a bit jealous. I, I wanted that, right? I was getting sort of interested in the growth that I saw accelerated by those opportunities. Mm. And I had hit a place where it wasn't going to go much further for me within my current work environment. Uh, but I, I was scared. Mm. And a career transition was absolutely scary. And in, for a long time in our family, our stability uh, sure. was reliant on my employment there. And yeah, you came home just really sparked <laughs> up in this different way with your interactions with Bitwise. And it made so much sense to me, right? It made so much sense that there were for individuals to go through a transformational experience, there are certain conditions that would need to be in place to really, you know, I think about it like soil, right? To till the soil, to fertilize it, to cultivate those experiences. Mm -hmm. I'm a true believer that we just need to get out of people's way. (laughs) You know, there's an innate capacity within each one of us, but given the the environment that we're in can really have a positive or negative impact on what can grow. So it it made a ton of sense. It made a ton of sense with the idea of trying to bring people into an industry technology that has been inhospitable or just not accessible or not even on the radar, given different backgrounds, that there would be, you know, also some healing that would be happening in that process. So I was very interested and you came home from one of these visits to Fresno. And I think the very next day you were going to, just down the street from us here in Oakland, California, a tech event that the keynote speaker was Irma, one of the co-CEOs of Bitwise Industries. And, you know, you'd just gotten back the night before and you were like, <laughs> I don't really think that I'm going to go to this thing. It I'm not like sure. A and it's, it's a women's in tech event. I'm not, yeah. I'm not a woman. Like, I don't even know if this is for me. And I was just like, I'll go. And that was really different for me. Like, I just didn't really put myself out there in a uh, networking space. But I think you're, again, your excitement, it was kind of a change moment, right? And I was feeling that energy. And so took took that opening and went to this event and, uh, you know, had this lovely brunch after. And I just... I fucking love brunch. So those are conditions of safety (laughs) for me. Uh, And... Yeah, I remember, you know, Irma turning to me and just saying, all right, we know about Kenan, but like, what about you? And and that was really scary for me, right? It felt like <laughs> this is my one shot, just given prior experiences of introduce yourself to the person who, you know, holds the power and is in charge. And I, I don't know, I just think in that room, I felt a genuine interest in who I was as a person and not necessarily what I could do or had done professionally. And I found myself sharing things that I have never shared in a professional space, even one that I had worked in for 15 years on and off with people who I considered myself to be really close with, such as my prior experience, you know, my high school years of being a big part of the rave scene in Detroit. (laughs) And there was almost like this part of me watching me in that moment going, why are you saying this? This is a huge, huge risk. But it was, Mm. you know, when I look back, I I felt comfortable enough. There was something that, again, because of the conditions that were being set around me. And I felt like it was an example of a time in my life where I was not experiencing belonging and I was seeking belonging and I was seeking belonging amidst others who 
uh, you know, were maybe a little counterculture, a little more creative, a little more colorful than what mm. I was experiencing mm. in the environment, you know, where I was living and going to high school at the time. So it felt like a big risk, but I reflect back and I go, it was the conditions of safety, this interest in who I was and how, what shaped me and where I felt had felt exclusion mm. and how I found belonging and what that belonging did for me, yeah, that I must have, you know, intuited and just took a chance on and it kind Talked of unfolded truth. from there. And <laughs> I had a moment, you know, first visiting um, a bitwise location in Fresno, similar to your experience with the individual that was unhoused and needed to use the restroom where, you know, I'm looking around trying to feel and see like what is real here and how does this all work? And there was um, like a snack kiosk that was being operated by somebody who appeared to maybe have some intellectual differences. And I mm. had inquired about that and, you know, shared with me that mm. that was a partnership yes, yes. around just workplace and vocational opportunities for all members of the community right. and that was that was my moment where it clicked and i was like this is real like there's really this not just desire but acting on mm -hmm. creating an inclusive space for every person with variety of experiences life experiences to feel a part of something and purposeful right. and provide right. value and also derive value from the experience which you know we'll go into in future episodes too but that is yeah. my yeah. greatest takeaway is inclusive spaces like this where there is a mutuality in the value sharing yes can really exist and wow powerful shit can happen in those spaces <laughs> We'll close out because that that's going to get into part two. So we want want you all to join us again for part two, where we're really going to dive into our takeaways of what we built during a pandemic, how we took this. Right, that was feeling. February twenty twenty. What I yeah, was just when talking you joined, about. Yeah, yeah. I joined in January of twenty twenty. You joined in February or April, April but of twenty twenty. And so this is like right amidst the start of the pandemic, an unknown world, yet another transition. We embarked on building Bitwise Industries Oakland together from pretty much the exact same space we're in right now. And we have a lot of takeaways on what it took to build an inclusive environment because that's what we were seeking. That's what we had seen the model for in Fresno, how we build that virtually. And both of us had done that in previous spaces, Correct. you know, in your classroom Correct. or with working with teachers in the facility that I was working at. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was how do you, how do you build that from scratch? From scratch with some virtually. resources, but virtually. So we have a ton of takeaways uh, after our three years plus with Bitwise Industries. Um, so do join us again for part two of our Bitwise journey. This is just the start of conversations around Bitwise Industries and, and sort of the lessons we learned around inclusive equity and what it means to really truly build belonging uh, and, and the stories, the stories of the people who set the stage or played a role or were part of that movement and that culture that existed at Bitwise Industries. Thank you very much for joining us. As always, I am Ken and Scott, your co-host. Karen Scott, your co-host. This is Comparative Narrative. We are available on all your streaming platforms. Gotta say it. If you like what you hear, give us five stars. Give us some feedback. Hit us up in the comments. What'd you think? Most appreciated. See you next time. That's right.